listening to the weekly podcast presented by the Lighthouse Midlothian. For more information, please visit us at www.dfwlighthouse.org. Thank you and God bless. see what he has to say to us individually and as a church. Amen? Okay, God, you're a good God. You're a great God. We worship you today. You are the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper. You are light in our darkness. Thank you, Lord, that your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our paths. So as we look at your word today, we just pray that you would illuminate the way before us and give us your direction, God. We need your direction. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I'm going to be talking about connectedness, connectedness. All right, it's interesting to note, as we've been talking about the feasts, the, uh, what God's plan for his people was back in the Old Testament, it's interesting to note that God made provision for the rhythm of life, planting and harvest. The days of reflection and repentance. We have those days, amen? We need to have those days. As well as great times of rejoicing. And he made provision for all these things in his word. Just think about it. Just think about it. They had just gotten out of Egypt. They had just crossed over the Red Sea. They had just got to the mountain. And Moses got all these directions. They weren't even in the promised land yet. God sees and knows. He not only knows where you've been, he not only knows where we are right now, he knows where, where we're going. Isn't that exciting? God knows where, he's going, where we're going and he's making provision for that. And he not only sees and knows, I'm here to tell you today, God cares. He cares. He delivers us from bondage and enemies. He provides for us on the journey. And he prepares a place for us. And his heart is. This is God's heart. I want you to hear what God's heart is today in this hour. God's heart is to prosper us in the place that we're at. That's his promise to us. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is one of my just favorite all-time scriptures. Of course, I've got a few. And uh, I, I like the Bible app, the version. It's just so handy. I follow the daily reading. This was a, a meme they did on the Bible app. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. This is a foundation for life. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean to your own, anyone can complete that sentence for me? Your own understanding, yeah, okay. In all your ways, acknowledge, you've got some Bible scholars here today. And here's the promise, acknowledge him in all your ways, and what will he do? Well, we've got several different versions coming out today. This is great. 
He will direct your paths. In the Hebrew, it's, he's going to make straight paths for you. Okay? Because we, we, we like those straight paths. <laughs> all right. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct or give you plain or he's going to show you where to go. And we need that sometimes. All right. So the feasts in Israel were a way to acknowledge God in all their ways because they planted seed. They prayed for rain. They gathered the harvest. They had a celebration before. They had a celebration after where they stopped their work. And then over the summer, they tended the grapevines. They watched those little grapes form. They watched them get larger. And then they took in the harvest. And then they turned them into juice and they turned them into wine. Okay, there was a process to life. The feasts were a way to acknowledge God in all our ways. In the day-to-day, -day, the month in, the month out, the year in, the year out. I don't know about you, but it seems like years go by faster and faster. Before you know it. Oh, hey, it's October. Isn't that crazy? Yes, even for a year that won't quit, it's October already. Okay? The correlation in the New Testament. Okay, Pastor, you have been in the feasts in the Old Testament. You've been back there for several weeks now. When are we going to get to the New Testament? Okay, we're here. We're living it. The correlation in the New Testament is day by day, moment by moment, communion with God by the Holy Spirit. It's an ongoing fellowship or connectedness to him and to other believers. Okay, if you're here today, we're connected. Amen? We're connected by our faith. We're connected by... Our love for one another, we're connected by our commitment to God. So in John 15, Jesus describes it this way. Abide in me. And we read this in John 15, 1 through 17. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Abide in me. Let's read John 15, 4 and 5. And if you've got your Bible app, you can look it up. You've got your paper Bible, you can look it up. If you just want to look at the screen, that's fine too. Well, let's focus on the word right now. Abide in me. This is Jesus speaking right before he goes to the cross. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. There's seven I am's in John. This is one of those. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. To abide in the Greek means to, what does that mean to abide? It means to stay, not just a quick visit. It means to remain. There's an old word, to tarry. Can you not tarry? Okay, it means to wait. It means to be kept as a guest. You know, sometimes we go to someone's house and we stay there. And the times when we're visiting are more precious because 
You have breakfast together. You decide what you're going to do in the morning. You have lunch together. You go somewhere. You spend time. You have fellowship. And sometimes those three-day visits, you get very close because you spend all that time together. You take a break from your busy life to have fellowship. And so the full extent of what Jesus is inviting his disciples to do, and he's inviting us to do this today, is to maintain unbroken fellowship. That's pretty powerful. That Jesus Christ, the God of the universe, God's son, invites us to have fellowship with him, to know him. He invites us to that place. And he not only invites us, he says it is essential. You want to know what the most essential service is for 2020 right now? To abide in Jesus Christ. This is absolutely essential. Here in John 15, we have an even tighter definition that Jesus, it's not just to sit and talk and have coffee. That's great. I get that picture sometimes. Just have have coffee with Jesus. That's good fellowship, amen? I think I just need a sip right there. Mm. Yeah, it's good. All right. The analogy that Jesus is giving is a grapevine. And this is something that that culture, that part of the world, they would have been able to look out the door, look out the window, and see vineyards going up the hill. They see the grapevine. They see that the vine is connected, and that the branches and the leaves and the fruit are nourished and provided for by the vine itself, which is rooted in the ground. And the fruit appears on the branch, but it's also maintained by the farmer or the vine dresser. So there's this partnership or cooperation. Now, normally this time of year, I'm not saying this to make you jealous, because we're here. We're normally coming back from a missions conference where we meet missionaries, 80, 90, 100 sometimes. In, they come into Switzerland from all over, and we've got three days of wonderful abiding spending time together, eating, praying. We give them gifts. We celebrate them because it can be lonely living away from home. And God's provided for us to do this for many, many, many years. Now, what's so cool is in October when we go to this place, it's in this little, we go up this valley and there's this windy road and the first time you do it, it's scary. But I can do it about 60 miles an hour now. And Arlen is shaking his head and wagging his finger. Anyway, that was just kind of a joke. I maintain all speed limits that are posted. And I have a wife who is also the voice of the Holy Spirit sometimes. And she has these two words, slow down. Two words that can save your life. But as we're going up these hairpin curves, back and forth, back and forth, they have placed or fitted in these vineyards into every nook and cranny of that valley. 
and it just goes up and up and up. And some years when we're there, we see them gathering in the grapes. And it's just not random. It's just not by accident. It's not like there's this wild vine out in the woods and they go, oh, look at these great big grapes. No, it doesn't happen like that. It's a process. And it takes patience. And it takes great care. And it takes cultivation. And there's order to it. And it's a cooperation between the vine dresser the soil, the rain, the sun. And the process takes place year after year after year. And so Jesus said, I, I want to be connected to you because your purpose is to produce fruit. We have connection and purpose, folks, when we invite Jesus in and when he invites us. Sometimes I don't know which way it is. Did I invite him in or did he invite me in? Well, he invited me in. He gave me that opportunity to be part of what he's doing. And then he becomes part of what we're doing. We have this connection. The purpose of the vine is to produce the grapes. And this production is enhanced and controlled by the vine dresser who harvests the fruit and uses it for a variety of products. The ultimate purpose of the fruit brings joy. When you're done with all that work and you've gathered it in and you've done what you're going to do, you have the joy and the celebration. In the greatest feast that we just looked at last week, and it ended Friday at sundown, the Feast of Booths or the Feast of Tabernacles, there is great rejoicing as the harvest has come in and is celebrated. The fruit is gathered, the wine is made, this wonderful party. We saw this last week. It points to the party that we're going to have in heaven one day. And we're going to have a party here on earth. But it's also part of the cycle of life that every year we rejoice when the harvest comes in. So three quick points. Number one, if you didn't get this already, I'm just going to say it because sometimes we need to hear it again. God wants us to be connected to him. He wants us. He invites us. Isn't that awesome? That we have this opportunity. That's why we're here today, to get connected or reconnected or whatever we need. We need connection. All right. God knows we need it. He created us for connection. Connection with him and connection with each other. Number two, God wants us to produce fruit. What fruit are you talking about? Big basket of grapes? Here, God. Sometimes that might not hurt. Okay, in Galatians 6, 22 and 23, we, we see something we call the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, which is also patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are some of the fruit he produces in us and through us. Why? Because we need those things to be effective for him. Yes? Amen? Good word. Keep preaching it. Okay. When we produce love, what happens? A door is open for God to move in people's lives. That's an awesome fruit. 
Joy. People love joyful people. Yes? Amen? Okay, it's good. Right now we need more joy in our lives. Woo! Peace. Peace. Jesus said, my peace I give to you, not the kind of peace the world gives because it's affected by circumstances. It evaporates quickly. God's peace, it, it, it says in Philippians, it defies understanding. It passes understanding. He says in Philippians that we're not to be anxious about anything. Okay? I got an anxious list. You've got an anxious list. We put our, all our lists together. Ah, it's overwhelming. God's peace is more overwhelming than our anxious list, guys. Thank you, Lord, for your peace. It's a fruit he's producing in us. Patience. Oh, man, I wish it all happened at once. I don't like waiting. You know, you rush, 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 rush to get to the airport. You find out the flight is two hours delayed. Isn't that a great feeling? Don't you love it? There's only so much you can do at an airport. Actually, I wouldn't mind being there, doing something at the airport, but it's where we are right now. Patience. We need patience with each other, amen? Isn't God the ultimate source of all patience? Isn't he patient with us? Yeah. He doesn't give up on us. He loves us. He wants us to have that quality. Kindness. Kindness. That's a fruit that God's developing in us by his spirit. Why do we need to be kind? Because he's kind. He's awesome. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are the fruit that we need. Number three. God invites us. God wants us to be a part of his eternal process of redemption. Taking something that is of no value and making something of great value. Isn't that awesome? You know, it said one man's junk is another man's treasure. You could have an old book in your house that you don't care about. But someone who knows could come to a garage sale, see that book, buy it for 50 cents, take it to an antique book dealer, and find out it's worth 50000 Happens all the time. Because we got to know what we're looking for. And God knows what he's looking for. God sees treasure where we may only see something that has been discarded. And he gives us that hope, and he gives us, he shines his light, and he reveals treasure that's buried. Why do you think you've got to go below the earth to dig up the treasure? Because it's hidden. It's a picture of what God sees in us. It's called redemption. It's redeeming something that is lost and finding it. And God creates something beautiful when he turns water into wine. You know, this was Jesus' first miracle. 
at the wedding. They run low on the wine. This would been, have been in that culture a great cause of shame and embarrassment to be inadequately prepared for one's guests. It would have been a mark on that family socially and especially on the bride and the groom and their families. And so Mary is there, Jesus' mom. She knows Jesus is the son of God. She knows he can do things that normal people can't do. And she approaches her son. And she says, Jesus, they're almost out of wine back there. And Jesus has a sense of humor. He's not being disrespectful, I don't think. He's pressing a little further, and he says, Mom, what does this have to do with me? We don't have recorded the conversation <laughs> between that and what happens next. All we know is that Mary says to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tells you. And guys, God speaks to us. We need to do whatever he tells us. Because when we're walking in obedience to what he's saying, that's when the miracles come. That's when God can release something in us. So Jesus' first miracle proved that God was not limited to time and space and the production of wine the way we know it. Because it was quite a process. You picked all those grapes, and then they had a wine press. It was a stone basin that they stuck the grapes on, and they got up after they washed their feet, of course, they got up and they would trample the grapes. So it was, you know, to me it's, it's like multitasking. You're getting your cardio in and you're trampling the grapes. And then the juice would flow out the sides. The juice would flow. And then they would take the juice and they would put it in a container. And then after a certain amount of time they would serve it. Okay? What took an entire season or longer, Jesus could do instantly through the power of his spirit and through relationship of father and son. Jesus was announcing in that day and that age that he was about to turn things upside down in the religious world. He was about to take customs and a religion that had been followed for years and years and years and years and somehow strayed from what God originally intended it for it to be because it, it was meant to create a connection with him and instead religious leaders had put up barriers and walls that actually separated people from God. And there's Jesus saying, wait, I'm the way. Jesus turned things upside down. He took the natural, something that naturally happens day in and day out, and he turned it into the supernatural. You see, water gets turned into wine every day. You know how? The water of the soil gets taken up by the vine, gets sent out to the branches, it forms the fruit, and it reappears in these grapes. And then it's harvested trampled, stored, time, space, 
energy. Water gets turned into wine. Jesus came in and said, I'm here. Those rules don't apply anymore. Are you waiting for a miracle? Sometimes God uses natural processes to do that. He does every single day. And sometimes God interrupts and does it all at once. And I've seen him do it both ways. And both ways are awesome. Both ways are important. And God is wisdom itself. And when he says don't lean to your own understanding, don't give up because you haven't received your miracle yesterday. God's got a special way of answering that. And he will get the glory if you do not give up. Because those suddenlies do come. Those suddenlies happen. And Jesus is the one who decides how and when, when we're trusting in him. He has that power. He has that power. So he says, abide in me. Focus on me. Are you experiencing issues, setbacks, problems? When we get in his presence and focus on him, he can take all that away. Sometimes the situation doesn't change right then and there, and sometimes it does. But when we're with him, when we're connected to him, he gives us his fruit, that fruit of peace. So, questions. How can we be more connected? I think we should ask these questions. How can I be more connected to him? What are, what are some ways? Let's, let's answer that question right now. Anybody? How can I be more connected to him? He speaks to us through his word. Whoever said that, thank you. All right. My, if my words, if, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you want and I'll do it. Good word. Okay. Time. Water into wine. Good stuff. Thank you for speaking out, Susan. Did you say prayer? Pray. Pray. All right. Talking to God connects us to him. Yeah? All right. So, you know, we've got a fancy religious word for that. It's called communion, but it's a good one. Communion. Communing. All right. How can we be more connected? Uh, number two, is producing fruit as much of a priority with me as it is to God? Should be. But it's probably a process. And then finally, am I producing the expendable and temporary or fruit that will endure? Good question. You know, we live in a culture where production is valued. What did you produce this quarter? Yeah? Well, God is also expecting production. <laughs> His ways of measuring that are a little different. As the heavens are high above the earth, my ways are higher than yours, and my thoughts higher than yours. All right. Would you stand with me this morning?
that wraps up our series on the feasts, which were just meant for further communion with God, a way to abide in him. And my prayer is that we'd all find ways to connect with each other and with him. Uh, Tim's going to share the word next week. You don't want to miss that. But before we leave, let's just spend a few moments in that communion and ask him to shine his light in our hearts. Ask him to give us something we call revelation when he reveals something special to us. And if you have a need today, I just want to encourage you. God is here to answer your prayer. So Lord, we thank you today. What a good God you are. That you would invite us to spend time with you, to abide in you, to seek you, God. Your word says, if you seek me, you'll find me. You'll seek me with all your heart. So that's what we want to do today. God, I just pray a blessing over each person here today. Lord, let us just receive from you everything you have for us, God. And we give you great praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen.